You know they want staring point, you know we straight to the point Boy Chris with assist, fast breaks like a joint splitting half Boy J with the J, we throwing heat, no gas, that's a touchdown pass You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Now they hardly can guard me like Dirk fade away You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Yeah, you know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the straight to the Heme76, bringing us into episode number 112 of Straight to the Point. My name is Chris here. My guy, J-Dub. Yo, what's going on? What's going on? Yo, we got so much to talk about in a wild week one in the NFL, and week two is already underway. We have a we had a very entertaining Chargers-Chiefs game that we're going to talk about that happened last night as we record on this Friday morning. So, Jared, without further ado, let's just jump right in to some of the things that surprised us, some of the things that wowed us, and some of the things that disappointed us in week one. Something that disappointed me week one. Broncos and Seahawks. Yeah. Yeah. The Broncos decided to lose that game. I bet them. I'm not going to say I bet them big, but I bet them enough where I'm thinking Russ is going to have the game that defines his legacy with the Seahawks, the game that says that it was him running the engine. He was the guy that really made the plays happen. He was the guy that can win you those games and not really Pete Carroll. And I just saw Pete Carroll say, no, I'm him with a a capital H-I-M. And I can win games with just Geno Smith as long as we got the right pieces around me, as long as guys make the right plays, because that's what happened. Again, there was a lot of play calling I didn't like come from the Broncos side, mm-hmm. especially when you have five yards to go and you're at the 67 and you don't really need to take that 67, especially when he misses the first one, the practice kick badly. That's what you should reevaluate. But hey, they it's already they had already come out and said that he knew that was the wrong decision. They're gonna have to live. They're gonna have to live by that decision now, but they're gonna be changing it soon. And next time they'll leave the ball in their playmaker's hand. But it kind of already has me questioning a little bit, not on his faith in Russ, but just on his his faith and ability to believe that they have the pieces to get them five yards. Like, is that just a, a lack of personnel where you think we can't get you five yards? But here's my thing with that whole Monday night game, and and yeah, we talked about how Nate Hackett head coaching debut. Like, really didn't have the most solid of debuts. But Melvin Gordon fumbles the ball at the, at the goal line. Javante Williams fumbles the ball. So you are already, like, you, you know, you're supposed to have trust in your running backs and things like that. But if both running backs can't hold on to the football, then you got, you know, Russ trying to make something happen. You don't, you can't rely on a run game. So now you're, you're stacking the box. And I know Jamal Adams gets hurt and now he's, potentially out for the season. But on the flip side of the Seattle thing, you'll get a guy like Geno Smith, who for all intents and purposes was written off, called a bust, called one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. To win that game on Monday Night Football, week one, primetime, got to feel good. Now, now, here's the thing about this whole Pete Carroll, Russell Russell Wilson, Seattle thing. I don't think they're going to win too many more games. That's the no. thing. That's the thing. Well, so yeah, be right. no. no. This was a good win, though. This must, this got to feel good for them because, you know, you don't ever want to get shown up by the opposition. Russell coming back to Seattle week one. Expectations are so high in Denver. Expectations are so low in Seattle. 
and they're the only team in their division to have won a game, I think that just just shows that that team has some fight in it. Like, they didn't just roll over. Um, I think Denver will bounce back. Uh, I think they just I think they just laid an egg and still only lost by one point. Um, but they can't have games like this when they go against top tier quarterbacks, especially the top tier quarterbacks in their division. Like guys like Herbert and Mahomes and Carr, who you know, Carr didn't have the best game in week one either. But these guys put their teams in positions to win games. And Denver, it was in a position technically to win the game. They had to try that game-winning field goal with Brandon McManus. And, you know, like as good as McManus is or you think he is, to put your kicker in that situation from 64, I think it's a little it's a little much mm-hmm. to add. So that's one of them things. I, I agree with you on that, on that point, Jared. Yeah, a team that – a team for me that disappointed me was the Tennessee Titans. Ah, I saw this coming. You you did, you did. But uh, when you have a guy, the workhorse like Derrick Henry making his return, and he and he fails to find the end zone, and you lose to a team had, who had not been above five hundred in seven years, eight years since twenty sixteen, the New York Giants had not been above five hundred, and you go out and you lose. Not only you do you lose, you let them come from behind, and you give up the game-winning, essentially, two-point conversion. And then you miss the field goal to, to win the game. So I think that is a very disappointing loss. Now, I know Mike Vrabel is, a, is very well-regarded. Brian Dable basically just went in and, and had – Everything that you know, just playing with house money because a team like the Giants, who for all intents and purposes stink, you yes, know. completely. But you have a you have a great, at least they feel good going into week two. You know, like they might not feel good in November, but they feel good going into week two. Now Daniel Jones stinks, but Can you watch that game a little bit because that game looked horrible. Like, it, really visually, visually. It looked like 1979, like, just garbage. It but, was bad. It was a bad football game for both sides. It was really – it was, like, just, like, piss-poor play. Titans just gave up that win. Like, that's really what it yeah. looked like. Because Dave Jones didn't show me anything spectacular. But here's the thing. Saquon did. Saquon, oh, he phenomenal. Saquon looked like he was healthy. Saquon looked like he was re-energized. And this is a guy that a lot of people had, you know, had high hopes for. He had a great rookie year, and then he had some bad luck, bad injuries, and people started to kind of be like, yeah, I don't know about this guy. So to kind of see him get back to some of what he was touted to have been, I think that's a good sign if you're a Giants fan. Yeah, no, it was great for him. That's I think that he was the real bright spot of that game, some of the big runs he had, the 60-yarder, the 30-yarders. It was great for him. That team still doesn't look all that great. Daniel Jones and Kenny Gallo, they still haven't gotten it together, so I don't know if they ever will. I didn't see really any Kadarius Tony. I know he's kind of dealt with the injury, but Kadarius Tony, Kadarius Tony, from I went back and looked at um, a lot of that game. He'd have a couple. He had a couple good plays. He have a, have a big play come out. Big play come yeah. out. And then so like, it was like yeah, no, no consistency. 
at all. And then the Titans side, I didn't think I saw Robert Woods at all. Is he is he is he still healthy? Is he is he healthy? Wade, but I don't I never really see him. I know they got Traylon Burks involved, the rookie wide receiver. It was just weird. Um, I think the only other person that probably like disappointed us because we were talking so much trash is we decide to say that we believe the Panthers would beat the Browns. And guess what? Baker Mayfield proved us right again. He's garbage. Like he Oh, not only did he lose the game, and again, the Browns won that game off the strength of that they have a sublime running back crew. Like, you have, what, 130-something yards from Chubb, and then you're also putting up the fact that Kareem gave you two touchdowns through the, the legwork of Chubb. Again, you can't do much. But Baker just looks so bad. Your number one receiver is DJ Moore. He's not seeing the ball. I'm seeing Robbie Anderson get 100. I'm seeing Tara Marshall put up numbers. I'm like, that's great. The ball is being spread around, but sometimes you just got to put it in the hands of your best players and – that's the thing that Baker sometimes struggles with. He makes the twos and threes look really good, but the number ones that are there fall to the, the waistline, and it ends up losing you football games because for some reason I feel like – I don't I could be wrong, but it feels like Baker feels the need as soon as he steps onto the field that he could win on his shoulders with the players that he thinks, okay, I could just give it to this guy. Hell, I could prove that I could win with this guy. And that's what kind of how it looked because I'm looking at plays where there were dumb downs of Christian McCaffrey that just weren't there. He just didn't give it to him. There were plays where DJ Moore was getting open separation and Baker's looking for a, a go-ahead shot or something like that when you're already losing. You've already been sacked a couple times. You already threw your interception. You got about 185 yards in three quarters. Let's, let's, let's start doing something now. You're losing to the Browns, for God's sakes, with Jacoby Brissett and Amari Cooper looks bad. They kill you off the run game. And again, that goes to the Panthers' defense, which we knew this Panther team wasn't going to be that good. But on offense, they we thought they had weapons now. We think as Baker was a better quarterback – than when they had Cam last year and Sam Darnold. Which is still true. Yeah. It's sadly. Still, it's still, still true. true. Like Baker may have Baker may have not played his best game. But he did get into the, he did find his way into the end zone on a on a run. He threw for a touchdown pass. And they yeah. made a comeback though. I'll give him that. They were in position when he left the field, they were in position to win that game. Now the defense let uh, Cleveland go down the field and score the game with a field goal, but like I said, that's on Baker. Baker can't. Baker can't lose that game. Not so at all. Especially there was opportunities. There was opportunities there for for Baker and Carolina to put the nail in the coffin, and they let Cleveland hang around, hang around, hang around, and Cleveland caught them. Cleveland, the first time that they've been one and zero since two thousand four. That's gross. You know how you know how gross that is when you say it out loud, right? Two thousand four. Even when they had Baker, they lost three one games. That's really gross. Two thousand four. Do you know what the world was like in two thousand four? There um, was no Twitter. George Bush was president. George Bush was president. That's that is true. The Raiders were in Oakland. Gas prices were fairly reasonable, I guess, for that time period. <laughs> Jared, you've you've not only completed all of elementary school, but also went to grad school, right? You were in the second grade in 2004. Oh, I might have been in the third. No, second. You're right. Thank you. I'll be forgetting you a little bit older than me. You know, you're a wise man. You would know you would know these years more than me. You know, I'm still living through it. You're a little older. You, you're, a, you're, a, you're a seasoned vet is what they call them. 
Udonis Haslam, as one might say. Get the hell. Don't you don't. No, no. <laughs> but, <laughs> you can't tell me that wasn't funny. <laughs> I almost said something I shouldn't have. <laughs> the, prop, the, the thing is, Cleveland has 10 more games they have to get through. And I don't think they're going to make it. Uh, if, if they go 500, we can have a we can revisit a conversation. Yo, if they go 500, if they go put, 500, put, put money down and they're making the playoffs, Chris. All right, like, I'm just saying because that's that's phenomenal for them. All like, right, Jacoby Brissett threw 185 he, yards, like 35 he, passing attempts, or he, I might be not embellishing that number, but he still threw for like 185 yards. That's gross. Speaking that's of teams in that division, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati maybe played the game of the week. That was it was great. Oh my god, it was it was. It was great up until the. It was great up until the end. Like the end was better, but the beginning, like Cincinnati was flat, and Cincinnati played like garbage. And then Pittsburgh kind of couldn't put them away. Couldn't put them away. Couldn't put them away. Cincinnati comes down the field. Jamar Chase makes a great one-handed catch, and he's out of bounds. They come back to him. He gets two feet down at the end of regulation. 2020, since they had a chance to go win the game, extra point gets blocked. Yep. And then you go in overtime, and Pittsburgh gets down the field, has a chance to win the game with a field goal, and he hits the upright. And it was a thud. It was loud. Like, I've never heard. He, he crushed the football, and it just – Smashed off the upright, and you could hear the roar of the crowd, and it was it was a sight to behold. And then Pittsburgh gets redemption; they win the game, they survive in Cincinnati. They win twenty three twenty. Jared, what was your takeaway from that game? Just beyond the entertainment factor, because it was probably one of the more entertaining games from Week One. I have like two takeaways. One, three takeaways, but one's just like just a praise. Mike Tomlin, man, that dude is a great coach. Mike, oh Tomlin, yeah, the Black Air Forces. Oh man, and then then it kind of leads into the point where the Steelers defense just lost T.J. Watt. That defense is what won them that game. But T.J. Watt for maybe uh, half the season, as opposed. They, I, to I'm not, but if they still lost T.J. Watt, I think they can still win some games. When I look at that game, though, I need to see more. This is my biggest thing. I need to see more from Mr. Bisky. Did he play a solid game? Yes. And this is what we talked about last week when I said, hey, I'm not hating on Mr. Bisky. I like him. But when we talked about those other guys in that conversation, they played better than Mitch. Kirk Cousins played better than Mr. Bisky, Chris. He did. Most We're going to get to that. So I'm just like, I look at Mr. Bisky, who had about, I think, 194 yards and a touchdown. He threw for 38 times, uh, completed 21 of his passes. That's about a 50, what, 4% completion rate? It's not great. Mm-hmm. He was only averaging about, what, 5.1 yards per, uh, per catch or per reception for mm-hmm. the players that he was throwing to. It's like, I know that's not Ben Roethlisberger-esque, but that's like the numbers he Ben was putting up in his in his, in his Olden age and where he was just still trying to hang on. And again, that Steelers line is, is not great. It's really not that good. But isn't he a quarterback that could use his legs? I didn't really see it as much. Mm-hmm. I know I, I love that he targeted his uh, his safety 
Blanket and Pat Fryermuth. I thought I like those good reads. Mm. But I really need to see him execute with these receivers a little bit more because he has the players. I know Najee's a little banged up, so they might end up going to the passing game more, which is why like he didn't get to have the yards or anything like that. But when you look at him compared to a Burrow who threw for four interceptions but somehow still lost out a comeback with 330 yards and like two touchdowns, and the way he was just commanding the field with him and Jamar Chase, him and Joe Mixon, and they almost could have came back. Like, they almost could have won the game. That really just goes to show I mean, the they should have. They should have. And that's why I'm like, it really goes to show you, man, one, just that Joe Burrow, it don't matter what, how many picks he threw. He was like, man, we can still win this game. They're not doing anything with the ball on offense after that one pick six. Mm-hmm. And two, it's like, man, the, the Bengals, I think it's still be good. I don't, I, don't, I don't even take away this game as like, oh, they lost to the Steelers, so now the season's done. No, man, they came back. They could have won. Things just changed. Things inevitably just they just couldn't get the one play, the one that one play that they needed to win the game. It doinked. Yeah. And the thing is about special teams, and Nate Burleson mentioned this on the CBS postgame show after that game, is we a lot of times people take offense and defense for granted, but special teams can win or lose you a game. And Cincinnati special teams lost them that game. And on the flip side, Pittsburgh special teams play won them that game. You know, they had a missed field goal as well. They've had, they had a couple missed field goals as well. But they they could have just easily, you know, folded after that touchdown, the chase, and then you had the extra point. He, they missed the extra point. They blocked the extra point. Minka Fitzpatrick blocks the extra point. So now – you have an opportunity to 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 continue to play and can pull that game out. You know, Cincinnati was on a, on a backup long snapper. You know, so it, it it just shows the importance of special teams and always being ready and just that execution, just day in and day out. Speaking of a team that did not execute, Jared, I don't know if Green Bay thought this was the preseason or something, but oh my gosh, man, it didn't really. It it, yeah. it stuck up the joint. Oh man! And that, again, we I think we both said that we had the Vikings what, potentially winning that game. I didn't think it would be that bad though. Like, I, didn't, I I thought it was gonna be competitive. I didn't think it was yeah, gonna be bad. man. I like oh man. And again, I put it on Rogers as well as the coaching staff and the plays that were being called. But that receiving core is down bad. I've never known Rodgers to ever throw for under 20 yards in a single game. Never seen it in my life. Like I've watched It wasn't it. even just like – it just looked like no one – like they, they, their entire offense looked like they were dis, disorganized, just no life, nothing. The only fire I saw from that offense was in the second half, A.J. Dillon got the ball, was, was, was bulldozing people, got down the field, they got it to – um, they got him to the goal line. They gave him the ball. He scored. Some. After that, nothing. And and Rodgers, like, I don't know if he just kind of threw his hands up and said, you know, like, what, whatever. But he looked blasé. And that's not something you, you, you hear about a back-to-back MVP. He just looked flat. Oh, absolutely. So... Uh, I'm curious to see how this team looks in prom time. Yeah. I, I really want to see how they look with Alan Lazard, who's supposed to be their premier back now. I know they didn't, they're pretty serious here. I know they didn't have him. 
this is a guy they put a lot of faith in now because when you look at the rest of that receiving core, Christian Watson drops some passes and you're like, whoa. You know, Sammy Watkins did not look good at all. And he, like Sammy Watkins hasn't looked good for years. And I know, unfortunately, it's just a regression. But Sammy Watkins is 29, so like 29 is a, a peak age for some receivers. Sammy Watkins been in the league so long, I thought he was 38. Yeah, and it's like he just didn't look good. Randall Cobb's been in the league that long, and he just did not look good as well. So I know we saw them uh, them talking about Matt LaFleur talking about it's going to be a more run-heavier team now, and they could do it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, taking the ball to Aaron Rodgers' hands is what got them in this place in the first place, right? They took mm-hmm. the ball to his hands in the fourth and one. They took his ball to his hands he played the year before that. So I'm like, oh, we'll see how it goes. But I know for – one reference, Chris, is that during the time of free agency, before he signed with the Buccaneers, Julio Jones was a free agent. Right. I don't know what the idea against not – I don't know if they gave him a call because I'm not in that locker room, I'm not in that organization, but if they didn't, Julio Jones was available. I think they should have used the best of what they had and tried to go make a move for him. Mm-hmm. Because I saw Julio Jones in that Buccaneers game, and he looked good. They even used him in the run game a little bit. His mm-hmm. legs were there. The hamstring looked a little healthy. Mm-hmm. I think he'd have been a perfect complimentation to go with Aaron Rodgers, knowing that Aaron Rodgers is bereft of weapons now. Like it's 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 that bad. Yeah, he ain't done that. So we'll, we'll have to see, Chris. Like that's, a, that's what other boys were man. We might see a, a great just look horrendous because he lost to the Vikings. If he was to the Bears this upcoming week, the Bears team that he previously let's see what a season or two seasons ago told them he owned them in their own building. Oh man, that ain't, that ain't gonna be. They don't look so here's, good here's the thing: the Bears who are coming off a Week One win over San Francisco in the rain. Justin Fields comes out; he's slipping and sliding on the, you know, everything's feeling good. With Matt Eberflus, he gets his first win as a Bears coach. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna kind of throw this out there. I don't think Rodgers is going to look terrible two weeks in a row. Oh, absolutely not. I don't think I don't think he can go. I I just don't think he'll allow himself to go out like that. So, if you have Aaron Rodgers on your fantasy team, which I do, I would strongly consider starting him this week. I, I that's just me. And also. I don't see him going out like that against the Bears. He'll figure out a way to do this. Because his animosity towards that team is at an all-time high. He owns them. so And they didn't look that great. I mean, it was a rain game. and Oh, God. What a disastrous fantasy losing Darnell Mooney rain game it was for me and my fantasy team with the Bears. But they won. They did beat the disastrous George Kittle Trey Lance, who, oh, man, Jimmy G's his backup. They might be calling him up sooner than rather than later. Listen. Hey. Listen, a team that may be calling for Jimmy G that lost their quarterback, the Dallas Cowboys, who looked horrible. And yeah. Horrible. Hey, maybe that means Zeke will get the ball more because, oh, that team was gassed. Or maybe Tony Pollard will get the ball more. But, or maybe not on a trick play. Well, maybe they're just, you know, nobody gets up the field. They might not see past the 60-yard line. You know, they're, they're, they're the only team this past week to have not scored a touchdown. They... Are, are done. Yeah, well, yeah. They are in serious, serious trouble without Dak Prescott. Eagles won the division. And, and yeah, well, yeah. Um, so, let, let's just kind of talk about this, this, this Cowboys-Tampa game real quick. Brady's good. The Cowboys aren't. 
Micah is though. Did I, did I accurately describe that? You accurately described that. I mean, that game was like a little weird though, because remember, I think like, the Bucks killed like three field goals straight before they. It was. It was. It was nine three. It was nine three going yeah. into halftime. Tampa Bay came out. Did they kick another field goal, or did they, did they score after that? I think they scored after that. No. I See, I don't remember. I just know, like... How did they get to 19? I'm trying to remember. 9-3. I know it wasn't another... It might have been another field goal, and then they scored. Field goal, touchdown? 12, touchdown. It might have been either... It might have been touchdown, field goal, or... Field, I think it was field goal, touchdown. I really okay. do. I think it was field goal, touchdown. Well, whatever the case may be. Ended up 19-3. Dak Prescott breaks his thumb on his throwing hand on a helmet because the Cowboys offensive line just kind of got smacked around. Mm-hmm. Like they were they were holding on for a little bit and then they just kind of just just fell apart. Tyron Smith, who was the most penalized player in the in the country as he the year he got drafted. It was his first NFL start playing left tackle unexpectedly after uh, Tyron Smith gets hurt, and then they sign Jason Peters, who looks very weird in Cowboys colors, by the way. Traitor. Call him what he is. Very weird. Very Disastrous weird. traitor that's now going to be a loser. Now he's about to put that. Not only was I accurate in my tweet saying he's going to put a stain on his resume, it's going to be a lot of losses. Whole bunch of L's. Well, he's pretty much an assistant coach for them at this point. <laughs> um, Terrence Steele, who, who had a horrible night. Just, just kept getting called for holding penalties, false starts. It was just very bad. Cowboys looked undisciplined. But Michael Parsons looks good, like very good, like scary good. Demarcus Lawrence looks good as well. Um, so, yeah, so Cowboys are just praying for a lot of just sloppy defensive games with Cooper Rush as their quarterback. I agree. I agree. All right, good luck, Dallas. Enough about last week. So enough about last week. Oh wait, 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 wait. What you got for me? Your boy Jalen Hurts responsible. Good. Thirty-eight points. Now I have some issues, but he looked good. What was your issues? Our defenses, Chris. We gave up thirty-five points to the Lions. The Lions are good. Second best offensive line, maybe third best offensive line in the league. But nah, not 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 thirty-five points, but. Man, thank you. A lot of people have been saying, you know, they, they had, like, DeAndre Swift was really running it down. Yes, he was running down our necks. I just wanted this to be put out there. He had 144 rushing yards. Yeah, who, was, who, who do I blame for that? I blame Gannon in the fact that yes. when Jordan Davis was on the football field in the, in the 20% snaps that he played, we were allowing 2.8 yards a carry for running backs. Mm-hmm. When he was off the field, we gave up 10.8 Yards a carry. Damn, that's a huge, say again. huge drop off. So, like, say that, say that stat again, please. When Jordan Davis was on the football field and on the D line, he was giving up while he was with the line, that D line. He was giving up two point eight yards a carry for runners. Mm-hmm. When they took him out of the game, which was for the majority of the game, we were giving up around ten point eight yards a carry. DeAndre Swift ended the game with 144 rushing yards. So basically, when Jordan Davis is not on the field, they're giving up first downs on the ground. Just every time. Every, every time he touched the ball is first down. Every time. So the way you are able to clean this up 
and it's not just on Jordan Davis, but you have to, you know, to stop playing so they play so soft. And not necessarily soft as in like they're not physical. Soft as in soft coverage, given 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 yards, given space. They if this team is going to win, this team needs to win in the trenches. And it starts with Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean. Like, play these guys. You drafted them, play them. Like I have another issue as well. It's regrettable that we lost Derek Barnett. He was our like, I guess you want to say a backup, but he was he was kind of a backup swing end player that was rotating out with Josh Sweat. And losing him with a torn ACL is gonna change the defense up. But we were running Hassan Reddick not on the D-line as much as many people thought. We were running him as like a nickel linebacker. So he was in zone for some parts of the game, like for a majority of it. And he came out and said that there was a couple opportunities where he was on the line, he blitzed, and he could have got a sack and he missed it, which we saw. But the fact that he wasn't on the line as much as it was, period, is was a, a kind of a, annoying because he was he came in as an edge rushing linebacker that was giving you what 12 and a half sacks in a season or more. Mm-hmm. And we weren't utilizing him in that way. I love the secondary handle look, Chris. Our secondary looked very good. I know Darius Lee gave up a touchdown, but James Bradbury might have gave up like 13 yards. And they targeted him the most in the entire game. He, they, they, they thought he was cooked or something because they targeted him a lot. That Darius Slay touchdown, that DHR guy was phenomenal, by the way. But still, I just have so much issue with the defense because I saw what our offense potentially could be. Hurt still has some issues when it comes to just getting the ball out right away because there were times where Devonta Smith was open. And the reason why he didn't see any yards is because of that issue. But, man, A.J. Brown and, and Jalen Hurts' connection was phenomenal. That might I think I think that's the, the most yards in the Eagles debut history ever by AJ Brown. So I, I like the potential. Who do we play this upcoming week? They play the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, that's gonna be another shootout. Oh my lord. We just don't like defense. Dang, I think I drafted the Eagles defense too. Any any suggestions? Please leave in the comments for what defense I might need to replace with this week. Because oh, that's rough. Well, let's go through and see what was what we have on the agenda for week two. Um, we've like we said, we've already talked about the Chargers Chiefs game that just transpired. Jared, you know, you you mentioned um, a little bit off air about that, so just kind of talk to me a little bit about what you saw in the Chargers Chiefs game from last night. So, something I saw for the Chargers Chiefs game, what I liked is that the Chargers have a lot of potential, Chris. Mm-hmm. They kind of like, dom- in my opinion, they kind of dominate that game throughout the entire game. They were up at half. Even though uh, Jalen Watson caught a 99-yard pick six off of Justin Herbert, mm-hmm. I still saw the potential of them still winning that game. They bounced right back. The connection between Mike Williams and Herbert was very good. I think they even started the first half. They were like six catches for 84 yards. And then it's just like some missed opportunities where the Chargers couldn't capitalize. I think Asante Samuel, I'm watching the game, had almost two picks on Mahomes. That could have easily been pick sixes or, or at least the yards getting close to the goal line, and they just, he just he couldn't get his hands on it because he couldn't get there. And that goes to show you how good of a quarterback Mahomes is or just like the lackadaisicalness of the fact that Sonny Samuel couldn't really make the catches. But I'm watching this game, and the way they ended up losing, I'm just like, man, this is just like there's no reason to panic, but this was a there's margin of error that you – there's always a slim margin of error you could have against the Chiefs. And they really just like played that line. Mm-hmm. so slimmingly well where they were there. They were in the margins, and then they kind of went off the rails a little bit, and that's why they lost. And then looking on the Chiefs' side, now, oh, man, I'm, the Chiefs are doing way better than I expected. They have the hardest schedule in the NFL. 
These like these last two games have been some of the hardest games they might play this season. Mm-hmm. And when you look at just like the way the ball is getting spread around, you're gonna hate having Chiefs players on fantasy if it's not named Travis Kelsey or Clyde Elvis Hilaire. But Mahomes really gets the ball everywhere. Like you saw what Travis Kelsey with 51, Justin Watson with 50, McCole Hardman with 49, Clyde was there at 44 receiving. And then after that, the new guys they brought in, Marco is Valdez scaling, we had at 13 yards. And then Juju Smith-Schuster had 10. And then just the last game, Juju had, what, close to 70. Uh, Marcus Gonzalez had a ground 50-plus. So it's going to be games like this always where you know Kelsey's a bell cow. I like that Clyde's getting involved more, not in the, just running in the passing. But the rest of these guys, they're just basically plug-and-play receivers that Mahomes can now utilize whatever he wants at his peak. Right. And that's where when I saw the most out of that game, I'm just like, man, Mahomes really get the ball wherever he wants. And he was just had a, it's like it's on a string for him. Some of the throws he was making, some of the plays that he was executing. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of just shows where I think it, it was it was said by my, Michael Irving about how it's no offense to Tariq Hill, but Tariq Hill might have kind of held back Mahomes' true form a little bit mm-hmm. because you had that security blanket of knowing, man, I can just throw this ball up top. He's going to catch it on whoever. He's going to beat somebody downfield. Where right. now he has to really just go through his progressions, make the right throws, continue to do the flashiness, but he can do it even more now because of just the essence that it's just on him and getting it to the right guys and the right receivers. And that's true. And you look at it and look at two teams in that same division we said is going to be the most critically tight division in football. And this is a three point game, you know, and it swung both ways. Both teams had seven point leads at one point. Um, you look at a team like Kansas City, who is the incumbent favorite by a, a lot of regards in that division. But, you know, I said they were going to have a hard time replacing Tyreek Hill. I said they were going to have a hard, you know, a hard time being patient. So far, I'm wrong. <laughs> you know, they've come out and they've, they've put up in consecutive weeks 40-plus on Arizona. And 27 on the Chargers, and the Chargers have an exponentially better defense than Arizona does. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have Kyle Mack, you got uh, Bosa, you got Derwin James, you got J.C. Jackson, you got pieces and pieces and pieces. And they still managed to come from behind and win the game without Kelsey having a great – Kelsey at 5 for 51. Nasty and, work. But, <laughs> like, it's crazy, but, ain't it? But Mike Williams had an amazing game, eight for one thirteen. You know, Eckler solid Eckler game, but it felt like Kansas City. It felt like the Chargers gave Kansas City their 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 knockout punch a little too early, and started celebrating a little too early. I know Herbert took a shot in the ribs, and like you look at the game like that. That game was very entertaining, but I think it's going to be a microcosm of the entire division. I think it's going to be just battles in that division among these teams. So I'm I'm very curious from the outside looking in to see who comes out on top. I have this to you now, Chris. I was all in on Austin Eckler anytime touchdown, and this man. They were at the red zone well, a couple times. They scored. No, don't worry. Don't, don't worry. You're, you're not alone on that. Oh, you were there with me. I was there with you. Don't worry. I was the edge of my seat, I fell off of it. Yeah. That's that's the only disappointment I had. Again, when you gamble games, it's like this. Things happen. You enjoy football, and then you, you, you peak 
when you have money on the line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, moving on to the rest of the games in week two of the NFL. Jared, let's start first with Miami and Baltimore. Mm, it's going to be a good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with the Ravens. I am. I'm going to go with the Ravens. I think Lamar Jackson's on that prove it year. We see what he did against the Jets. It's the Jets. People can say, hold your horses, but I liked what I saw not only just from him, but the way they're utilizing the weapons they have. J.D. Dobbins still isn't back yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to make his return this week, but that Rashad Bateman throw and catch, it can. that's a potential there. I like the fact that they even have that big body receiver. Mark Andrews is always going to be that safety valve. And then Lamar just looks like he's on a mission to prove that he's worth whatever he's really asking for. That he turned down and he's like, I want that and then some. So mm-hmm. I think they potentially are going to win this game. I like what I saw from the Dolphins against the Patriots. Definitely. It's just this, I just think I see a little bit more coming from the Ravens side than I do the Dolphins side in this game. I agree with you. I think that Miami always, <laughs> Miami always just handles New England in Miami. So I think that, you know, maybe New England kind of gets it together. I don't know. Their offense looked look terrible. But, <laughs> I mean, who, who would have saw that one coming? I mean, huh. but, you know, you have a, you have uh, Miami with Tua and you got Waddle and you got Tyreek. And, I mean, I don't think you've seen the full-fledged potential of this Miami offense. I know people are seeing the clip. Of Tua, where he catches the high snap and he throws the ball and it just breaks the dirt and the ones around it. So I think that there is still room for growth for Miami, but I think that Baltimore is kind of a little bit more cohesive. I think if it, if it, when it comes down to tight teams, who is the better quarterback? And I think Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback right now than Tua Tungavaloa. So Give me Baltimore at home. Jared, next game, the Jets at the Browns. Oh, man, the battle of the stinkers. Well, the Browns have a win, so give me the Browns. Uh, I And Jacoby Brissett, we trust Joe Flacco's trash. Chris, come on, you know what you want to do. Joe Flacco is garbage. 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 He's not a winner. He's a loser. He's a Super Bowl winner, but he's not a winner anymore. He's the, a thing, the thing that's going to keep me from – the thing that I, I, I really want to pick the Jets. I don't know why. Because you like the underdog. And you feel I, like you're going to win your money. That's, you already got a bet in mind, don't you? No. Maybe. <laughs> you said, I already do it. Oh, we do it. That's the reason why you might potentially choose them. But here's, here's, my, here's my rationale, all right? Robert Tyler, who is a defensive coach by nature, it's easier to game plan for a Jacoby Brissett than it is for a Jacoby Brissett. Joe Flacco threw for 300-plus yards last week versus the Baltimore defense. I think the, the Cleveland defense is not that stout. I mean, you still have Miles Garrett out there, but, I mean, you can there's some opportunities that you can kind of take advantage of. If, if the Jets defense, for whatever reason, can hold Brissett, I think that they have a, a shot. Now, the problem with that is you still have Chubb, you still have Hunt, you still have these weapons. So I, I'm I'm real hesitant to pick the Jets, but I think that it's going to be a closer game than we think. But I think that Cleveland gets win number two. 
at home without Deshaun Watson. Okay. I mean, again, this is really up in the air for both of these teams. They really aren't, like, pushing the needle for me in any way. Moving on to game number three, the Washington Commanders go to Detroit and take on the Lions. Jared, your thoughts? Um, give me the Commanders. I actually like what I saw from Wentz mm-hmm. in that last game against the Jaguars. I know the Jaguars or that yeah, the Jaguars came back a little bit. Carson still had those issues again where he threw for two interceptions, but 313 yards and four touchdowns is good. And I like what I'm seeing in the Antonio Gibson being not just a running back, but a receiver as well. I know that was more of J.D. McKinley's job last year, which that might yeah, – who knows if that's going to be interchangeable or not. But Carson got the ball. He spread the ball around. Jahan Dawson caught two touchdowns. Curtis Sam caught – he was he, again, you're playing team like Jacksonville, so it, it's kind of a given you're going to score. But mm-hmm. he looked good in it. I think he can look good again against the Lions. And the Lions keep every game competitive, so – I'm going to go with the Commanders, but, man, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions won. And here's my thing, because I'm taking the Lions at home. I think that Dan Campbell's team is going to be out for redemption. They let that one slip versus Philadelphia. Carson Wentz is going to make a play to cost Washington the game. Now, he pulled the rabbit out the hat last week versus Jacksonville, but this Detroit team is much better than Jacksonville. Okay, they have a, a more experienced quarterback. They have more explosive running back and receiver and tight end. Like they have a more explosive offense in general. I think Aiden Hutchinson is I think Carson Winston is going to give Aiden Hutchinson opportunities to come and and make an impact on that defensive line. Wentz, like you said, looked good, but he had those moments where he looked normal. Like he's back to what he he used to do. You know, playing like garbage. So Jacksonville couldn't take advantage of it. I think that Detroit will take advantage, especially at home. That crowd is going to be loud. They know that they can rattle wins. I got Detroit at home. And also, Chris, I like that. What I, we talked a little bit about it. We kind of downplayed it, but Christian Kirk could be a very good addition for the Jags. He had, a, what, 117 receiving yards. He looked like a number one, in which we thought he couldn't be a number one because he was a slot guy. He's always been a two. Or three, but he looked like a, a, a decent number one that could be a very valuable weapon for Trevor Lawrence. Definitely. Next game, Indianapolis travels to Jacksonville. Indy coming off the tie with Houston. Jacksonville coming off that late loss. Who you got, Jared? Oh, man, that's gross. Because I really just talked up the Colts last week, and they tied week one. How do you do that? How do you tie in week one? Uh, they did just release their kicker, Rodrigo Blankenship. They'll be using somebody else now, so maybe the kicks will go in. Um, And that's a, it's a tough world because <laughs> Rodrigo Blankenship up until last week was, was pretty solid. Yeah, it was a good kicker. And then all of a sudden, it's like out of bound kicks, missing field goals. It was just a rough day in the office for him. I don't know what it was. I don't know if the cocaine just didn't hit right or not. I don't oh! Know. I don't know what it was. But um, uh, give me the Colts because I really think that they're, like, they are a good football team. I saw what they did in that little comeback. Or not a comeback, but I saw what they did in that game. Michael Pittman looked phenomenal. Jonathan Taylor looked like Jonathan Taylor. Matt Ryan looked like he could be he could be a winning quarterback for this team. I needed to get together. I know they were out without Darius Leonard, so if he comes back, I think they really could win it. Give, 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 give me the Colts. 
I have the Colts as well. Uh, I think Jacksonville, like I said, is a couple of years away from really making some inroads. You can see, you can start to see the progress after that wasted year last year under Urban Meyer. So I think that for all intents and purposes, Indy's a better team. Like I said, when you have a team that's with a better quarterback, and like Matt Ryan didn't look great up until like the third quarter last week. So he's starting to kind of maybe he's starting to get his rhythm a little bit. So I I, I would take Indy um, on the road to win that game. Next game, we have Tampa Bay with your boy, number 12. Some call him the GOAT. He is. They go to New Orleans <laughs> to play Jameis, to play Mike Thomas. To play the Saints, they're in New Orleans. They're in New Orleans. All right, give me New Orleans. Give me the steel. No, I mean, no, give me the Saints. Uh Chris, it's, it's, it's a known habit uh, by Tom Brady to lose in New Orleans to right, the Saints. They right. have their number. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. As Skip, Mike Thomas is back. As Skip Bayless said this weekend, "Goat alert! Tom Brady's going to go out there and right the wrongs that he's been facing since he went to Tampa Bay." I think they win in New Orleans. Nah, gosh, give me, give me the Saints. Give me the, the Saints. Give me the Bucks. Give me. Marshawn Lattimore has been giving Mike Evans oh, hold on, hold on. for years. <clears throat> for years. Let me see if I can do this right. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. Go. Nah, man. The Saints just the Saints play them differently. I don't. I don't know. What and they do. Dennis Allen plays that team. Plays Brady. Fools Brady. Brady got fooled badly on the play last week. I think you're going to see a struggle. I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk, but I think that Tampa finds a way to pull this out know, on man. the road. I don't know. I don't know what you've seen that I haven't seen, but I've seen the, the Saints think, at home always being up on the Brady, man. Line. After a while, he's seen it every time against the Saints. He loses. After listen, fifth time's a charm at this point. <laughs> All right, <laughs> he moving on, <laughs> Carolina. Goes to the Meadowlands and play the Giants. Two teams that won last week. Two teams that we both think stink. One will have to win. Jared, who you got? Well, Carolina didn't win last week, Chris. They lost to the Browns. Oh. <laughs> they lost, Chris. The Giants are winners. Yeah. I think they'll win again. I think they'll win uh, the Giants. Nah. Baker has something to prove. I think... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know when I, I start to agree with Skip Bayless, but I think Baker's gonna like Baker beats up on bad teams. And the Giants stink. They don't have K Fon Thibodeau. They they barely they barely beat Tennessee last week. Honestly, Tennessee lost more than they won. I don't think I don't think Carolina is is going to go and travel to the Meadowlands and lose? So I, I have Carolina on the road. I don't think I don't think the Giants are that good. Plus, you know, I think they still on eleven from that win last week, and they're going to come out and they're just going to be flat. I'm I think they're going to come out flat. Jared New England travels to Pittsburgh. Who you got? The Steelers. Yeah, the Steelers. Oh, man, New England looks horrible. Mac Jones just does not look. 
good at all right now. Mm-hmm. Their offense doesn't look good. They're, this is a team that is really in a rebuild, and they just don't want to really admit that they're in a rebuild. I agree. Do you, do you think Belichick coaches next season? I think he coaches next season. I think they'll have a better draft pick. They look like they're in the, the position to spend money now. So, you know, they'll let guys go, spend more money. I think what they're going to really key in on this draft, especially the way this – if the season progresses the way we both think it's going to progress, they're going to go in on a receiver because I think that's what they're really missing because right now Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Devontae Parker, who's not the same as well, – well, he's not even as the highlight of what he was when he got drafted. Jacoby Myers, those aren't really guys I can see really winning a lot of games with. And right now when they just lost to that Dolphins team, the ball wasn't even getting to a lot of them. So I, yeah. I just think – they they had they they they're they're lacking pieces. They know that, and I think the Steelers are going to take advantage of that too. I think this is going to be the game where we see Mitch be a little bit more Mitch Trubisky, where we're going to see him throw the ball more. The problem is you have two great defensive minds and and Tomlin and Belichick going against. I mean, Trubisky is is an average at best quarterback, and Mac Jones is an above average young quarterback. Problem with New England is they don't have any they don't have any weapons on offense. And they can't even protect Mac Jones. Mac Jones was getting smacked around in Miami. I think Pittsburgh is just licking its chops. I know TJ Watt's not out there. And I know Cam Hayward was, was nicked up. But you gotta you gotta think that Pittsburgh is just ready to tee off on, like you said, the Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne and Devontae Parker. Like these these don't these guys don't strike. Fear into your heart. Nope. So I think I think it's going to be a Pittsburgh. I think it's going to be a Pittsburgh W, and I don't think it's. I think the over under on this game is forty. I don't. I don't even think it gets to forty. Honestly. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. It's just, it's a rough game. Next game, Atlanta travels to the Rams. All right, let's go with the Rams. Nothing to, to be said. To, to whose house? Yeah, yeah, I don't. The Rams again, like another lot of these teams in Week One, looked like garbage. Yes, got embarrassed on Ring Night. I don't think they. I don't think this happens twice. Not to the, not to the Atlanta, fans. who snatched a loss from the victory, from the jaws of victory, because they had it. They had a W in their back pocket and pissed it away. So, zero two for Atlanta. Jared, Seattle, Seattle coming off that big win on Monday Night Football, travels to San Francisco. I have the 49ers running it. They're at home. Yeah. You know, that rain won't affect them, I'm thinking, as much. That rain really just took it out of them. Like, they looked horrible in the rain. I think San Francisco will be nice and sunny. Yeah. And they'll be, I think they'll win that game. Yeah. You don't think Gino can go 2-0? No. I, no, I, faith, I don't, no faith I don't in think Gino? Goes I don't think he goes no 2-0. He does surprise me. One and one sounds good, and then maybe two and one later. Uh, who knows? No faith in Gino. You got faith in Gino? Hell no. Next game, Cincinnati travels to Dallas. Burrow out. Burrow and Jerry World. Cooper Rush gets his first start. I know Mike is Mike is going to get Mike is going to get Burrow, but Cincinnati is going to win that game. I I'm even willing to, to bet a prediction on this. A score on this game, Jared. A, a score got me. One might say, uh, not score got me, but I think that I, I had to pick a final score for this game. Thirty-one ten. I could I could agree with that. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a blowout. 
it's Jamar Chase. It's going to be over early. Yeah. Next game, Houston travels to Denver. To, uh, you know, Houston, who tied with Indianapolis, like we mentioned, with Davis Mills and and uh, Damian Pierce. Go to Denver. Denver is going to be pissed after they pissed that game away on Monday night. I got Denver winning that game at home. Yeah, same. I have Denver winning. All right. Next game with Arizona traveling to Vegas. Take on the Raiders. I have the Raiders winning. I don't. I don't know. I don't. The Cardinals just don't look like what I thought they looked like. Kyle Murray got his extension, but he still looks like the Kyle Murray of the playoff game. Mm-hmm. What I saw from the Raiders was a kind of a prelude to just. We knew Derek Carr was going to try to force feed Adams. I think that's going to change a little bit now. Hunter Renfro is going to get involved more. Mm-hmm. Wall is going to get involved. Josh Jacobs hopefully gets to see the ball more. But I like what I saw enough from the Raiders to know that they can win use of football games that matter and they can beat the Cardinals. Here's my thing, because my original thought was I was going to pick the Raiders. And I still am. But I think that the Cardinals, I think the Cardinals offense, I think this is going to end up being like a shootout. Cardinals oh, offense. A shootout? Hear, hear, hear me out. We already know that the Raiders can put get down the field. Now, Derek Carr threw some boneheaded interceptions, and a lot of his timing was thrown off because Kyle Mack was having great success against their offensive line. And, you know, there's always a threat of Joey Bosa. But the Cardinals don't really have a great pass rush. You know, they have good pieces on defense. But they don't have a great elite pass for us. So I think if you give Derek Carr the time to sit back there and scan the field and, and dot you up with either Devontae or Waller or Renfro or whomever, I think that they'll be able to put points on the board. I think Arizona is built to put points on the board. They got James Conner, who, who looks good at in spurts. Kyler Murray, who just, you know, he, he just be running around doing stuff. Like I, I, I think – I think they'll look at least better than they did versus Kansas City. So I I, I think it's going to be a shootout, and I think Vegas wins at home. And then, Jared, our Sunday night game, Chicago travels to Green Bay. I think I both know we'll be leaning on this. We're, we're both taking Green Bay, correct? Yeah, yeah. I'm not taking anybody else but Aaron Rodgers. 0-2? Yeah. That's not him. No, no. That's not who we signed up for as what we're saying is one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Transcendent talent. Oh, yeah, definitely. Jared, Tennessee at Buffalo, one of two Monday night why games. Just, why are you saying like that? Like this was some big – oh, wait, there's two Monday night games now? Yeah, it is. Oh, that's kind of cool and gross at the same time. I can only handle one. Now I got to handle two? Two two football games back-to-back? At the same time. At the same time. And there's only one game I'm watching because I'm not flipping to the Bills Dog walking the Titans up and down the field, left and right. Defense might score. Offense might score. They might say, you know what? We'll throw defensive players on offense and throw offensive players on defense to go score. I mean, Taylor, boo-boo, boo-boo. And the Bills, they look like a team that could be a championship team again if they decide to do it, if, you know, things go their way. Give me the Bills, 100%, 1,000%. Put the house on it, the house. So... Y'all know how I feel about Tennessee. Yeah, you love them. Not, not quite. You're a quasi Tennessee fan, and you know that usually you would see me sit up here and find reasons to not pick Tennessee. But this is not one of them times. So go ahead and pick 
Buffalo. Um, <laughs> he got serious fall And closing out week two, Minnesota, for the first time since the 2018 NFC Championship game, travels to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Jared, who you got? I have the Eagles winning the game. I'm going to make – this is my only prediction. I think Devonta Smith sees 55 yards or more. I just have a lot of teams now going to key in on A.J. Brown. Hurts is going to get the ball to him. I see our defense hopefully playing better, but I got I got the Eagles winning. I really like our schedule going these first four games. You know, we beat the Lions in, in the snaky one, in the shaky one, but I think we could beat the Vikings. I don't think they're going to kind of walk through us like they did the Packers. I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you look at the idea of Cousins, and they were clicking on all cylinders. Like, that team was was mowing people down in week one. Um, I think that they – it's a tougher it's a tougher environment. They were at home. You're traveling, you know, across the country. It's Monday night. You, you kind of throwing out your routine. At least with the Eagles, you know, they're home. It's the home opener. I think the link will be jumping. So – I think Devontae Smith gets at least five targets. I don't know if he gets five catches, but at least he'll get targeted five times. Um, and I'm going with the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you on it. Again, our, the run game was bad for us, so Cook might cook. But the air yards weren't there, Chris. We were holding that Lions receiving core down. Like, I think Rossi Brown was the leading receiver, and he only had about 58 yards in the game. Mm-hmm. So, if Gannon can figure out how to really shut down opposing teams' runners, I think this Viking game might not be the way people are going to say when it comes to a high-scoring 30-30 shootout again. I think it might be a little bit lower. It might be a, a traditional Eagles game where you win, like, 21-something or 27, let's say, like, 14. Like how, let's see how it plays out. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Well, Recapping last week's Hemi 76 lock of the week, he went 1-0. and He accurately predicted Pittsburgh to cover in Cincinnati. So make made sure us some money. Made us some money. So we appreciate you tailing along with us for week two. Hemi 76 lock of the week will be posted on Instagram only Sunday, 12 noon. It kind of sounds similar to what Jared said about a certain game. This week, I won't say anything more than that. But make you know, sure you got to, you got to, make them wait for it. Yeah, yeah, gotta give you something to wait for. So make sure you <laughs> check out straight to the point on Instagram at sttp podcast at Sunday twelve noon. Thank you to our special sponsor Fahimi seventy sixes knock of the week seven twenty one by DSC. Some of the greatest food in the entire tri-state area of Philadelphia. So if you ever in the area, make sure you hit up www.dstanleycatering.com. Great food, great eats, and you know I wouldn't lie to you, right? I mean, I I, I eat and it's right. good. So I mean, listen, as big boys that we are, we tend to go, we we tend to know what a good eats. Shut, Shut up, Jared. Hey, what, what? I'm just saying, I'm a big boy. I like to don't eat. Start. Don't start. Oh, don't man. start. It's a hater. Don't don't you start. You ever know them people who like you know? No, I'm sorry. No, I don't. 
I'm fit. I'm this. I'm that. And be skinny. Got six packs. As I don't you. have a six pack. I'm not skinny. So yes, you I, are. I don't, yes, I don't you know are. who you looking at. You're looking at somebody Shut else. Shut up. Shut up, Jared. People Shut in the comments up. let us know, but I'm clearly, I'm clearly not skinny. Shut up. I got a anyway. double chin. Okay. A triple chin. He's a liar. <laughs> anyway, thank y'all for listening to episode 112 of Straight to the Point. If you like what you hear, please tell a friend and tell a friend to tune in. Make sure you follow us on all your favorite socials at STTP Podcast. Make sure you follow me at underscore Chris Cross. Follow me at underscore JW Hughes. Definitely follow the podcast. Man, like us on Twitter, like us on Instagram. We got videos dropping, YouTube. content coming, YouTube's dropping. Sponsorships, hopefully hitting us up more and more now. And we got things coming. We, we, we on the rise as a podcast. So now if y'all want to come in our DMs talking crazy about the Eagles, just know we're going to go 2-0 as well. I called to hear first. <laughs>